Thanks for downloading show 80 of the C-Suite podcast, the second episode that we're producing in partnership with Future Brand, which explores the key topics that came out of their latest Future Brand Index, which highlighted how the most future-proofed companies consistently align the totality of the experiences they create with their wider corporate purpose. This time around, we're focusing on how businesses are innovating for long-term success. My name is Russell Goldsmith, and we're recording this at the busy Future Brand offices in London. And I'm delighted to welcome back to the podcast John Tipple, Future Brand's worldwide chief strategy officer. And alongside John is Laure Coucheron, general manager of TerraCycle. Uh, now, Laure, I'll come to you first. Um, TerraCycle described themselves as an innovative recycling company that has become a global leader in recycling typically hard-to-recycle waste. But maybe I thought you're better placed to give us a quick introduction to the business. Yes, of course. Thank you. Um, so TerraCycle is a company that was created in 2001 uh, in the US. We opened about 10 years ago in Europe. We now operate in 21 markets across the world, including 12 here in Europe. UK is actually our number one market here. Um, so as a business, we have a mission, which is to eliminate the idea of waste. Um, and first, we do that by looking at a solution to collect and recycle things that can normally not be recycled and that end up in uh, incinerators or landfills. So anything from coffee capsules to uh, plastic wrappers, um, cigarette waste, and so on. Um, And we engage consumers and citizens in collection program, and then we find um, recycling solutions for this uh, hard-to-recycle material. We also look at how to integrate more recycled content um, in packaging in the first place. Uh, For example, um, using ocean plastic to make shampoo bottles. Uh, In order to do this work, we work with uh, major organizations, fast consumer goods companies, brand owners here in the UK for for example, we have partnership with Walkers to recycle crisp packet, with Garnier to recycle cosmetic waste, AccuView for contact lenses, and we really also try to um, engage people uh, in a change of behavior uh, by offering them solutions to recycle almost everything. And most importantly, we also ask ourselves the question, is making everything recyclable and making everything from recycled content really the answer to the waste crisis? And while we think these things are very important and we need to do more of them, um, they just treat the symptoms of the waste crisis, but they don't really deal with the root of the the issue. And the root of the issue is disposability and single use. And that's why over the past two years, we created a new platform Loop, uh, which I'm going to tell you a bit uh, more in the um, in this session, where we really look at how to bring reuse models and make them as convenient as disposability. Okay, I'm keen to understand how this works exactly. So let, let's take the crisp bag example that you mentioned from Walkers. The, you know, that's the kind of thing that you might eat on the go at your desk at home, at, you know, out and about. At, you know, kids might be eating it at, at school. Something though that I can just easily chuck in the bin you know, when I'm done and not the kind of thing you would think to maybe set, you know, set aside and separate for recycling. That's, that's a really good question. Collection is actually the key. Segregating materials so we can then recycle them is the, the key of the process. And um, the way we do that with the TerraCycle program is that we engage consumers and we engage citizens in new collection and recycling systems. So tomorrow you can go to our website, you can uh, type in crisp packets, and then you will you have two choices. Once you will find a map where uh, there are drop-off locations that are usually located in 
public areas such as schools or supermarkets where you can go and easily drop off your crisp packets. Um, so that can be on your way to school or to work or anything like that. Second one is that you can actually become a TerraCycle ambassador and create your own collection location. Uh, in that case, we will incentivize you by TerraCycle points that you can redeem into money for charity of your choice. So there is uh, an environmental impact, which is positive, but also a social impact because we, thanks to the partnership with brands, we can also raise money for charities. So although it's a bit more work for you, yes, it's a change of uh, behavior. It also has a really strong purpose to it. It's about the environment. It's about also uh, giving back to the communities. Sure. John, let's bring you into uh, the discussion. Innovation and the future of FMCG brands like Nestle, Mars, Unilever. It's all something that you look in detail in your future brand index, of course. But why did TerraCycle spark your interest in terms of innovation? Yeah, it's a really good question. The, the first thing I think that we got excited about when we first heard about TerraCycle was actually on the purpose side of things. You know, I, you know we're part of Interpublic, our IPG group. And you know, having a, a positive approach to the environment and a positive social, making a positive social difference is something the company is committed to. So there, initially there was a kind of purpose engagement. And when, you know, law talks about things like changing behavior, disposability being a big issue, uh, single use, I mean, obviously that plays very much to a lot of our clients, you know, the Nestle's, the Danone's, the companies, some of the companies you mentioned, it's a big issue for them as well. So on the one hand, there was a sort of coming together around the importance of actually making a difference. So you have to look for example, at um, the kids this weekend in the UK marching for, this, for their futures to see that there's a real groundswell of opinion and passion for this particular area. So I think it's important that a company that you know, is involved in culture, involved in creating new cultures for brands should be you know, in tune with that world. I think also commercially, it makes a hell of a lot of sense for us to be at the forefront of some of the most exciting innovations that are happening around sustainability, but also that are actually going to begin to change the world, not just socially and environmentally, but I think generally commercially for our clients. You know, and I think there's a, that's the big thing we, we can bring to this that, that complements um, what we do, what, what um, TerraCycle is. We can add some of that commercial connection with some of the brands that we work with. Can you give some examples of, of what you've seen in terms of innovation within brands then? Sure. I mean, typically, if I'm being honest, I, I think that innovation in big companies is about to come of age. Um, I think that it's been something that a lot of companies have been very excited about because it's offered new growth opportunities. New is the most powerful word in marketing. But typically to get new innovations through big organizations is a big challenge. They are designed, they are, they are organizations. They are well organized and systemized to deliver what they've always delivered and generate revenue in the way they've always delivered revenue. The ability to then change that production line to incorporate new technologies is a, is a big challenge that takes a lot of money and it takes a lot of commitment and it's hard to do. And it's not like these guys don't know that, that innovation is something they need to embrace. It's not that these companies don't realize that they're being challenged by startups in the most valuable parts of their business. But what they're struggling with is to how do I find a way to, to, to make it work for me at the scale I need it to work with. And, and where there's a real interest in coming together, I think, is TerraCycle are thinking big. We are dealing, talking about mainstream brands that by their very nature are big 
global, scalable. I think what's interesting about TerraCycle's approach is they see them as a great way to, to create a new world, to create a new way of doing things, to improve lives. They don't see them necessarily as, a, as a, an opportunity to steal revenue from them. And I think a lot of startups and a lot of innovators that have come up over the last few years, the artisanal, the premium, the Teslas of this world, you know, the, the craft beers of this world, dare I say it, the Dysons of this world, they, their business is essentially making what exists a little bit different, better maybe, and certainly more expensive. I think what TerraCycle are trying to do is work with those companies to actually begin to make an impact in the world. And I think there's a very exciting shift in mentality away from targeting and challenging the Unilevers and the BMWs of this world and actually finding ways to work with them to actually make a big difference. And I think that's the challenge for brand, for, for brand professionals now. Well, Lorne, probably a good time then to bring in um, what you mentioned earlier about Loop. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that and what you're hoping to achieve with it? Yes, of course. So Loop is an e-commerce platform that is going to launch in May in Paris and New York before expanding to London by the end of the year and then we hope other markets. Um, and really Loop rethink the current consumption model because as I said, uh, you know, we looked into recycling more, making more product and packaging from recycled content, but the real issue is disposability and single use. And if you look back in the 50s, for example, and you look at the, the milk model, the milkman model, you know, at that time, um, uh, there was not a waste, uh, waste crisis and packaging were mainly owned by manufacturers. Um, and their interest was really to make packaging as long lasting and durable as possible, not because of sustainability, but because um, it was more beneficial for them in a financial point of view. And then um, a, a bit later on, disposability came up. Um, and, you know, there were a lot of advertisements about plastic and disposability and why did it make a, become mainstream? Because uh, disposability has actually virtues. Why? It's affordable and it's really convenient. We talked about the recycling earlier. Yes, it's, it's not super convenient because, um, you know, you have to actually change your behavior and do uh, another uh, gesture in your daily life to recycle or repurpose something. So we really took this idea and thought, okay, how can we use the milk mine model uh, but adapt it to all the, the goods, all the sectors um, in the world today and uh, also make it so convenient for people. There are a few reuse models around there. Uh, if you go to bulk groceries, for example, or zero packaging stores, they are really good. They are really, really good concept. But the problem is that when they're not scalable, retailers, big retailers uh, usually don't really like them. And uh, second, they are not convenient for people because you have to bring your packaging, it's a lot of work, you don't have time. Um, so then we thought, okay, how can we still have a reuse model but making making it very, very easy for people? And that's how about two years ago we came up with this idea of Loop, which is, as I said, an e-commerce platform where you'll be able as a consumer to order all the products you buy today at a normal retailer. Uh, you put a deposit on each packaging and uh, you receive your packaging, you'll see that they are very different. Uh, first, they are 
durable, which means that they can be reused within the Loop platform at least a hundred of times, but also um, they are much more premium and uh, we really see an interesting shift in the way brands redesign their packaging. Premium, more luxury, more um, also functionalities, so um, they're really something new uh, that will, I think, convince a lot of people to move from a, a disposable lifestyle to a more durable lifestyle. Um, and then just very briefly on the supply chain, once you get your products, you use them as any products, any standard product used today. Once they are empty, you put them back in your durable loop uh, tote bag. You ship them very easily back to TerraCycle, to loop, sorry, and then we clean them, sterilize them, refill them, uh, and then each packaging can go back uh, into the list loop system for hundreds of times. John, you're nodding away there. What, what is it about loop that is so significant for you? I think it's got the unique benefit of making people feel good twice. Um, It makes them feel good that they are doing something positive for the environment. Um, But it also has the possibility to create cachet and create talkability and uh, create a degree of consumer discernment. Um, And I think that's down to the fact that TerraCycle's ultimate motive for Loop is not predominantly a commercial one. It's a making a difference to people's lives one and, and the wider community and planet. And as a consequence, they don't come at it like any other innovator. They come at it, as I said, seeing big brands as an opportunity, not as a target or a victim to steal share from and steal revenue from. They see them as a partner because they've got the scale. And I think because they're able to fit in and loop in, as, as the name suggests, into the existing supply chains and existing production systems of these big companies, they are able to, without causing huge amounts of consumer upheaval and making people add another gesture in their lives, as you suggest, they can actually make people feel, make it easy to make a very positive um, decision, both, as I say, for the environment and, and for themselves. And it's incredibly exciting to pull out a Hagen Dazs tin as opposed to a, a Hagen Dazs papery. Uh, packaging which tends to fall apart after a couple of uses, certainly in our household, and actually have something that's got, you can put it on the table, it's got some talkability, it's got some functionality, it's got play value, and it's engaging. And I think from both talking about Loop and talking about TerraCycle and also talking about the brand again, it puts brands back into people's consciousness. Would you you say, though, that there's some organisations that might struggle with this kind of change? Yeah, inevitably. Inevitably, there's going to be people who um, feel they're not leaders or feel that they can't face the change. But I think in the past, reasons for not um, adopting new environmental and sustainable packs and technologies has usually been, you can usually sort of forgive that by sort of, they they hide behind capex or capital expenditure decisions. I think with this, there's not just a capex um, it, over, it, it overcomes the capex challenge. It also is a moral, almost moral obligation to make the investment. Somebody once said, you know, a principle is not a principle till it's cost you some money. And if these companies are purpose-led, as m- most of them are, in fact, all of them claim to be, then in order to live up to their purposes, they are going to need to put a little bit of money where their mouth is. And, and to be honest with that, a lot of these companies already do. And I think certainly, you know, some of the, the more famous packaged good companies in the world will probably see things like this as a fantastic opportunity to sort of add some momentum and, and and add some further um, oomph into their into their own commitments to sustainable living and things. Laura, well, aside from things like cost and 
do you see any other you know key um, sort of challenges to brands in terms of bringing things like you know innovation in you know introducing something like Loop for example into the supply chain? Yes, of course. And actually, about um, cost and economics, there is really something important to see with this new model. Well, I say new model. Actually, it's not a new model. As I said, it's it existed in in the fifties. <laughs> so um, it's more a new way to uh, commercialize this model. Um, so what is very interesting is that with the Loop platform, the and any deposit scheme really, the packaging um, move from being the ownership of the consumers, because right now, when you go to the supermarket, you buy a shampoo bottle, you buy the shampoo, but you also buy the bottle, so it's a cost for you, and you're never going to cherish, cherish this bottle for the end of your life, and it's also a cost for the manufacturer. Whereas with uh, the loop system, there is transfer of ownership back to the manufacturer, and this packaging actually become an asset for them. So that's an incentive for them to make it as durable as possible, but that's also an opportunity for them to add functionalities, uh, to change the design, because, you know, you have one packaging that you can now use a hundred of times, so it's just an asset that's going to depreciate over time. Um, so you can invest more in the packaging in the first place, and that was create a world of opportunities for these brands. So I think there is something very interesting. Obviously, our goal is to create a super, super strong, sustainable uh, platform, but there is something interesting in terms of costs for uh, the brands. Obviously, there's going to be a challenge in the way they adapt their supply chain for refill. Uh, that's that's one point. And that's, but as we said, we work with these uh, largest uh, uh, brand uh, and uh, companies, uh, and they are the ones who know how to scale and how to adapt to change. So um, that's one thing. And then, yes, of course, the, the, the way um, this reinvents the consumer experience is uh, to, I think, um, one of the most powerful one. I absolutely agree with that. I mean, I, I, to the point about it's almost a, it's almost a why wouldn't you do it? That there are so many positives. So, you know, the point law talks about you know the consumer never wanted to own the packaging; they just want the product. And I think allowing manufacturers to really um, see that 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 moment that moment brand moment as an opportunity to really innovate, I think, makes it quite revolutionary. I also see it though as a as a really um, exciting opportunity to create something new for the customer who has become relatively blasé about packaging from time to time. And I think the ability to put something new into their minds that adds to their experience as well makes it that win-win. So there's lots of winning twice all, all over this, which makes it a real sort of you know, exciting revolution, in, in, in genuine in a, in a revolution in our, in our industry. Bit of a challenge, though, for the brand marketers themselves. Well, you know, they do need one. I mean, I think yeah. that brand marketing has sort of become slightly consumed with technology and things like digital and data and, you know, the tangible side of, of marketing. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's vital. Um, innovation has become, you know, in, its, you know uh, in many ways, the only way to grow for so many businesses. The ability to produce things has become the be-all and end-all of marketing. And I think um, it's important that marketing recovers its, its intangible side, that we appreciate the intangible value of brands and the experiences they can bring and have the two of those working together. So I, I think in the hands of brand people, an innovation such as Loop creates huge new opportunities. For example, when was the last time I saw an innovation in toothpaste? I think with Loop technology, there's an opportunity to innovate how toothpaste is produced, how toothpaste looks, how you use toothpaste. I mean, it's a very mundane, banal thing, 
that in the hands of brand people, it could become a very exciting brand experience. In the hands of just product people, it could just become a sustainability story. And I think it's important that we have both. Yes, and, and to come back to this point, it's very interesting to see how brands first started by the packaging and then the change in the packaging make them rethink the experience, yeah. the experience yeah. and the product itself. Yeah. Um, so the two space is interesting. Um, we worked with Unilever and they were trying to find a way to create a durable uh, tube for toothpaste. But it's very difficult to create a tube because you know for the paste you need to be able to squeeze it so then they changed the tube into a really nice glass jar but then they thought how can we put um, paste in a jar so then they rethink the way the product is and instead of a paste you will find tablets that uh, you can use actually they, they have another benefit is that they reduce the consumption of water so it's another strong environmental benefit uh, and, and it's just a, a very very great product innovation that came from the packaging innovation. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I love the idea, and I, I like the idea that, that Unilever probably had already invented that. It's probably years ago they invented these tablets. Now there's suddenly a commercial way to use them that ticks both commercial objectives. You know, premiumization is right there, the opportunity to premiumize your, your toothpaste brand, but also to, to, to hit your sustainability targets as well, which is, you know, really exciting. It wasn't possible before this technology came along. And, th and this obviously all comes back to the future brand index and that connected brand experience that you've been you know, pushing and we've talked about previously. Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, we, we believe that in order to, to remain future-proof, which, which we, um, what we mean by that is being able to keep growing even as, as times change. And I think what this offers is, is the opportunity to do that by balancing purpose with experience. I think this is a, obviously a purpose, initially purpose-led play. And, and I think that's what TerraCycle have been able to really bring to the table because it's where they come from. I think it's, it's what's really exciting about the opportunity is the openness of the organization to want to work with big brands to make a big difference and improve the brand experience. Because only by doing that will they make people adopt it and use the technology. Because consumers, by their very nature, are busy. They are set in their ways, they're habit-formed. And I think if you can put something into their lives that doesn't require huge amounts of effort for them, but actually creates aspiration, then they'll start making the right decisions and, 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 and you know, living lives that are both more fulfilled but more, more fulfilling for the planet as well. Laura, how far are we away from Loop becoming part of our daily um, recycling routine? So Loop was announced at the World Economic Forum in January with uh, our CEO, the CEO of PepsiCo and the CEO of Procter Gamble, just to show the, the, the importance they, the, the commitment they have on this type of platforms. Just a small announcement. Just, yeah. just a, just a ca casual announcement at the, at the WEF. Um, so that gave us uh, really uh, tremendous uh, media coverage, yeah, and, um, which is great for uh, companies like, like ourselves. Um, so then in terms of um, access, uh, Loop is launching in New York and Paris in May of this year. Uh, so actually, if you live in one of these cities, you can already sign up to our website uh, to be part of uh, the first uh, uh, users of Loop. And uh, Loop will come to the UK, uh, starting by London, by the end of the year. So in both uh, Paris and London, we have two uh, official retail partners. So in France is uh, Carrefour, and in the UK will be Tesco, uh, which means that you will also be able to order your product uh, directly from their uh, e-shops, uh, optimizing the transport and the logistics as well. Um, and then we'll expand. So we have Tokyo on the list, Toronto, San Francisco uh, for the coming months, and we hope other European and, and worldwide markets moving forward. I, th I think the partners are really interesting. I mean, if you look at the Tesco's, the Walmart's, those sorts of brands, and if you look at the 
um, uh, the consumer packaged goods businesses that they're working with, PepsiCo's, Unilever's. These are companies that need help right now. These are companies that, um, if you look at our future brand index, their futures look uncertain to some extent. I'm sure they'll rally, and this is going to be one of the, the levers they can pull along the way. But certainly, packaged goods companies right now, consumers and and, and other you know um, members of the public are ambivalent about the futures of these companies. So the ability to start putting things into the market that are generally tangibly seen to be not just making a difference to the environment, but actually are aspirational and interesting, is one of those things that I think should be a, a huge you know they should grab hold of these technologies you know while they can because they represent huge amounts. Of opportunity to create a better future so if we were trying to sum this up john what, what would be your sort of final thoughts on it i, th- I think that it's been difficult being a, a um, large global packaged good company over the last decade and and this innovation represents a huge uh, shot in the arm an opportunity to really um, take a big step forward and i think it's there's almost no choice because i think one of the things that's happening more and more and it really is incumbent upon brand marketing to step up is that if we don't take advantage of things like this, then everyday products, the, the, the products that have formed the fabric of our everyday lives will become more and more banal. And I think in order to get people engaged, in order to ensure that we don't um, have this separation of, of very powerful products and very powerful brands and, and, and a world of weak brands, that these are the things that are going to be game-changing. I mean, Yuval Noah Harari, the philosopher, talked about the way innovation and technology had the potential to reduce humanity down to a god class and a useless class, i.e. a very rich, powerful few and essentially a, an ever more um, unimportant and uh, generic uh, um, uh, the rest of us. I don't know where I probably sit. Probably in, the, probably in the useless class after this. But you know, in the useless class, and and I think the brand equivalent of that is 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 a potential threat unless these mainstream mass market brands can find a way of making themselves meaningful, and important, important again. And I think things like this are a huge opportunity to do that. And Laure, uh, here's your chance to plug. Then go on. Um, where can listeners go for more information ab- about the whole Loop platform? So if you live in the US or in Paris, you can go to loopstore.com for the US and maboutiqueloop.fr uh, for the French consumer. You can already sign up and from May you'll be able to buy your product. Um, and you can go to the terracycle.co.uk website to keep updated on the um, coming launch of Loop in the UK. Brilliant. Um, John, uh, do you want to r- remind listeners where they can download a copy of your Future Brand Index? Yeah, uh, because obviously that, this yeah. is all <laughs> focused ar- around that report. Yes, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> um, yeah, it's on our website, www.futurebrand.com. That's great. Uh, John Tipple and Laura Cucuron, thanks for joining the show. Now, as always, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this fascinating discussion. So if you've got anything you'd like to contribute, uh, you can do so on our Facebook or LinkedIn pages or on our Twitter and Instagram feeds, all of which are linked from the top of the website at csuitepodcast.com, where you'll also find all our previous shows and supporting show notes, plus links to where you can subscribe for automatic downloads of each episode via all good podcast apps, including Spotify and iTunes. And if you are an iTunes user and you enjoyed the show, then please do give us a positive rating review as that helps us up the business charts and means more people get to hear today's chat just a reminder again of that url that john gave out so if you want a copy of the future brand index then simply go to www.futurebrand.com finally if you'd like to get in touch with this show you can do that via our contact form at csuitepodcast.com or you can reach me via twitter using at russ goldsmith but for now thanks for listening and goodbye